Progress. Okay, we are up to Daf Yud Dalid Amid Aleph. The top of the line is by Okay, so what this is talking about is there's a concept called a Maimich Lishten, which is that by a loan or a Pikadon, Pikadon or even a loan, if you have, let's say, a loan, okay, so I, uh, Gavin owes me money if, if at the time of the loan, and not at the time of the loan, if when the money is due, if I say in front of Gavin, in front of Manasha, I say, listen, don't pay me, pay him, halachically you have to pay him. It works, it's a Kenyan. So the Gemara wants to know what's the mechanism of the Kenyan? How is this working? Because not like which aspect is the Kenyan, but what makes the Kenyan work? Because usually you need to have das and you need to, you know, for me to just say things without an act of acquisition, how's that working? So the Gemara's first attempt was that when you borrow money from me, you have in mind that you're going to pay me back or anybody. So at the time of the loan, you have in mind to pay back anyone I want. Here's the problem. What if the person I want you to send the money to didn't exist at the time of the loan? He was born after. So you're telling me it wouldn't work? Because you couldn't have had it in mind if he didn't exist yet. The answer is, no, no, no. Okay, that's not how it's working. Rather, it's like this. At the time of the, when the loan is due, you owe me the money. But you'd rather... Hey, Menasha, because at the end of the day, you don't know who he is. He'll work with you. So you're so happy that you're transferring the debt from A to B that you have in mind to Gamir's Das now. Meaning right now you have in mind to do it because you're happy the fact that the, 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 the second person will mustama be more kind to you. So you're, you're happy about it. That's and that's enough. Meaning that's not... No, the Kenyan, that's, I mentioned yesterday, the Birch Avram is unsure whether the Kenyan is the Amira or just the Das, but you need Das. The point is, for the Kenyan to work, how, how, forget about the fact that there's no actual act of acquisition. You need, the person who owes the money has to have Das to transfer the debt to that person. So the Gemara wants to know, well, what's causing him to change his mind? So either he had in mind at the time of the loan, the answer is that doesn't work if the person was born subsequent to that. The answer is fine, you're right. He has das to transfer. Why? Das means that he's interested in transfer. Why would you be interested in paying him over me? The answer is because he might be more kind than I am. Now, yesterday, when we did this Gemara, you mentioned, what if the second guy is a jerk? What if he's super tough? And you'd rather deal with me than him, right? You're assuming that you'd rather deal with a new, uh, 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 a new creditor than the original creditor because the new creditor you could work with. Well, not if the second guy is a shark. So it's the Gemara's kasha. The Gemara says, According to you, that the reason why it's working is because the second creditor is, is better and you'd rather pay the second creditor than the first creditor than What if it's from the Bar El Yashiv family? They were known to be very tough. Well, how so? The kutfi v'shakli la'alter. The day that they were owed money, they'd wrap you up and tie you up until you paid. I mean, they were not playing. So you'd rather deal with the first guy than that guy. But you, So you're telling me that it only works? It works because the second creditor is better. Not always. And if you say... Meaning that, that just by saying in front of everyone present pay him instead of me, you have to pay him. Why? Because the second creditor is better than the first creditor. Not always, right? And then the Gemara says, And if you want to say that you're right, it wouldn't work in that case. It would only work if the second creditor is better. Then, then, then it's chaos. 
You're telling me the Kenyan only works if the second creditor is better than the first? And what defines better? You think it's better? And what if someone says, I don't think it's better? And then it's just, it's just chaos. So we don't understand how is this Kenyan working? Meaning with what Das, what Gemir is Das, what is causing the, 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 the person who owes the money to transfer his mindset of, I don't want to pay him, I want to pay him exclusively. So we first had thought it was because of the time of the loan, no good. Now we're saying it's the second creditor is better. That's also no good because it's also subjective. You know what the answer is? Very strange, Gemara. The Gemara says, Ravashi, Hani Tlas, Mili, Shavin, Rabban, These are one of the three examples where Chazal made Kinyanim that we have no idea why it's working. We have no idea. Chazal made it that it's like a Halacha Boletam. We understand what motivates them. We don't understand how it's working. We understand what motivates them to do it. What motivated them to do it is to make it easier. Because, let me explain the case. I owe, Gavin owes me $100. In front of Menashe, I say, don't pay me, pay him. He now has to pay him. Halachically, he's required to pay him. How is that working? We don't know. We understand what motivates the Rabbanon to make such a Kenyan. It's much easier. No paperwork. No Kenyanim, super easy, it's super clean. But how it's working from a Kenyan perspective, we have no idea. The money is belonging to Mr. A. So Who's Mr. A in this case? In, uh, me, Gavin, or I, oh, he owes me money. I'm telling him, don't pay me, pay him. And as long as we're all present, he has to. No, it's not. Why? There's no Kenyan. The document that says... But the document says, there's a document, it's a loan. There's a document that says that Gavin will pay Avi back on the 1st of July. But now, because of this, no Kenyan was done, but because in presence of Menashe, I say, pay him, he now has to pay him, and he could take him to court. That doesn't, how is that working? The answer is we have no idea. It's one of the three examples where Chazal made a transaction that from the laws of transaction, we don't understand why it would work. But Chazal just said, and we have to listen to them. This is one of the examples. I understand what motivates... No, I think Rashi says the reason. Rashi says, Tysus, I'm sorry, Tysus. Tysus in the top of Tysus, he says, there's two things. There's why, what motivated them to make the rule, and then how the rule works. How the rule works, we have no idea. What motivated them to do it, he said it was just easy. It's super easy. Maybe it's to motivate lending, but it's easy. If, therefore, if, if, Menashe, if, I, if I could do this, we don't have to get a signee, we don't have to go to courts. It's just boom, just okay, just do it. It's easy. Chazal wanted to make it easy, but how it works, we have no idea. Now, there's two other examples of how the Kenyan works, meaning how Chazal are sort of like going involved in the Kenyan. It's Hilchasa Beloit Taima. No explanation. That's what the Gemara says. So, because everyone involved is there. No, I understand that, but no, that's no, still... In terms of the concept... Oh, to make it easy. Correct, a, yes, yes. Everyone's there. Very convenient. Either two of them deny it. Correct, deny it. very convenient. But again, but how it's working, we have no idea. Now, the other two examples of how the Kenyan is working that we don't understand is Idach, Dam Rav Yudah Shmuel, exactly. If a husband signs off all of his property to his wife, so instead of going to his kids, he writes in a shah, I want it all to go to my wife, the halacha is we overrule him. And we assume that he doesn't actually want to give it over to his wife to the exclusion of his kids. Rather, we're making her just uh, an apotropist. She's just in charge of their estate. Until they're old enough and capable, she is in charge of making decisions, but it's not hers. Now, that also doesn't make sense. We, we get why they did it. Chazal did not want it to be... I guess also, by the way, it makes sense. Like, you have a whole family, then he marries this... Uh, he's 80 years old, she's 30. It's one of these second marriages, and he just writes all the money to her. I understand why Chazal didn't like that. But how it works that when you write in a star, I want her to get everything, and the Chazal like, no. 
How that works, we have no idea. How Chazal could just basically just completely overrule and say, that's not what he meant. He meant she just want, he wants her to be in charge of the estate until they're old enough and capable, but once they're old enough and capable, then they get the estate. How they could just overrule what he writes, that we don't understand either. And the last one is, The minig was that the, the father, when the oldest child would get married, during the engagement period, he would build or buy a house. A lot of times they would stay in the house, but then once they're ready to move in, he would move out. The halacha is that the second, the, the, after, the, after the chasana, when they move into the house, they automatically are kainit, even without doing an act of acquisition. There's certain acts of acquisition that are necessary to buy a house. You could do chalipin, you could do, um, you have to improve the business, right? If I just go into the house and say, this is my home now, that's not an act of acquisition, that doesn't work, except here it does. The second the chassan and kala move in, it's their house. I don't know. I don't know how that works. I get why they did it. They wanted to make it easy. They wanted it because the chassan and kala believe it's their house. The father moved out to let them have the house. But how it could be theirs without an act of acquisition, it's hard to understand. Okay. Yeah. A husband writes to his wife that she gets all the estate and not the kids. The halacha is that she does not get all the estate. Chazal just overrule, overrule. She's just in charge of the estate until they're old enough. She becomes an apotropist, but it's not actually her. Chazal didn't want this. Chazal didn't want this. They didn't want... Okay, we don't understand how it's working, but I, I, I get it. They want the, the kids to get some of the estate. They don't want it to be that he's... Again, like I said, in a crazy example, he's 80, she's 30, and they're in love, and he writes everything to them, and the kids are completely cut out. The Chazal did not like that. Huh? I would assume, listen, I, this is, it seems it's a Takanas Chazal, I don't know. But this is an interesting thing. Uh, you have to know the rules of, uh, of uh, wills in the state. Again, Rav's point is... Yeah, you have to understand, though. Remember, we're going to talk about this concept of Maimid Shlishton, where all three are present, just saying it makes the kinin. So, And Rav was the author of that statement. So Rav once said to Rav Acha Bardala, Kama um, I left, uh, you owe me a kav of, uh, of saffron. Don't pay me, pay him. It's mamish the case of Maimid Shlishton. Uh, and he said it in the front of, so again, so, so uh, I'm Rav, I say, listen, you owe me some saffron, don't pay me, pay Menashe, in the presence of Menashe, the halacha is, and, and then he added the following line, and I'm telling you in front of Menashe's presence so that I cannot retract. Meaning, I'm saying this so that I cannot retract, and the halacha is you have to pay him. Now, quick point. He said that I'm saying this in your presence so that I cannot re- renege on it. It sounds like it's in his, like, he could renege. He's saying he's not going to. I thought he has to do it. I th- it sounds like he's like, pay him, and because I'm telling in front of you, I will not renege. It sounds like it's in his like option to renege. I thought it's automatic. I thought it's a Kenyan. So the Gemara says, boy That means that like he's saying he's not going to retract, but that means that he could if he wanted to. I thought it's a Kenyan. Okay, we don't understand how it works. So says the Gemara, no, no, no. What Rav meant was, because I'm saying in the presence of everyone present, because I'm saying in everybody's presence, I cannot renege. It's not possible to renege. Okay. So basically, this story is Rav employing Maimit Shlishten. Here's the kasha. We already know that Rav said this. He's the author. Like, why, like you bring, it's like a cute story. I get it. But it's just 
it's the, the same thing as my Mishlushan. What's the purpose of this Gemara? So the Gemara says, Rav already said this. So what, what is added from the story that if everyone's presence, you owe me money, and I tell you pay him, you have to pay him. That's my Mishlushan. So this case, it's a Kav of Saffron. Okay, fine. But like, what, what's added from this case? So the Gemara says, Ima hi havamina hanamili matana the chiddush of this case is a kava saffron didn't cost a lot of money. It was ten bucks. You might think that when it's a very very inexpensive transfer alone, not everyone has to be present. Meaning, when Rav originally said that everyone has to be present, right? Me, the creditor, the debtor, and the person who I want you to pay. When Rav originally said that, you could argue that's when it's like a thousand dollars, ten thousand dollars. Okay, you need everyone present. But if it's ten bucks, you could it could it could make a kinni even without Menashe there. Kamash no. The case of saffron, which is an inexpensive item, at least in Rob's location, it, he still needed everyone present. The point is, my mishlishin only works when everyone's present, whether it's a big amount of money, a small amount of money, it's irrelevant. Okay. Vaitur in the Gemara. Now, Hanu Ginoi, it's an interesting case, because I think everyone is going to go to the conclusion of the Gemara, like, real fast. Um, I'll tell you the case. The case is like this. There were these gardeners. David Chushman Barhadi Adadi, they were, they split everything amongst each other, and they were making a, a cheshman of the accounts. They calculated that one of them got an extra five isterizuzim. Okay, one of them got an extra $500. They made a cheshman. One of them, out of the three gardeners, they were supposed to split, split it 33% each. One of them got an extra $500. So, So they said, in front of the landlord, give the extra $500 back to the landlord as rent. So that's, Right? The gardener, right, that's Mamish's case. You owe him the money, and he said, pay him, right? There was an extra $500 that they allocated to one of the person accidentally, so they said, instead of paying us back, right, to redistribute it evenly, just pay the landlord rent in front of the landlord. Okay, so that's my Mitchlishton. Fine. Bobby Mario, and whatever, whatever, it's a landlord. They have to pay money, they have to pay that. Pay, pay the Con Ed, pay the Con Ed. And in addition to my Shlishan, they even made a Kenyan. They wanted to really double down. They did a Kenyan Chalipin. Like they actually did an acquisition in addition to my Shlishan. Fine. But then, so he's got to pay. The problem is, he refigures out the, does the Cheshman again. They re-crunch the numbers. He, he reads in the numbers, he realized he wasn't given any extra money. So they told him to give $500, and they did a my Shlishan, and they did a Kenyan, but he actually realized he doesn't have to give anything at all. So, also the commentary of Nachman, he asked Nachman what to do. So, Amr Lei, my Avi Lachon, my sister, do. Chodid Amr Avun Amrav, you did my Mishlishton, which is a Kenyan. V'oid, Hakanaminach, and you did a Kenyan, you gotta pay. Now, what's strange is I think we're all kind of thinking the conclusion of the Gemara. But let's just go, let's go through it order. So, Rav Nachman said, you gotta pay. Well, what do you want me to do? I don't want to pay. You did a Kenyan, and in my Mishlishan, you got to pay. So the, the gardener responds, I'm really Rava. Rava says to Rav Nachman, in defense of the gardener, he's not saying he doesn't want to pay. He's not saying he doesn't have the money. He's saying, I don't have to pay. Meaning, all of these obligations and these Kenyanim were done under the premise, the false premise that I owe the money. I don't owe the money. It's not like I'm trying to renege on my obligations. I, I'm saying that it was under false pretenses. So he says, oh, if that's the case, then the Kenyan is done in act of error. Meaning if you do an act of acquisition under false pretenses, it doesn't take effect. And therefore, you don't have
don't have to pay, which I think is sort of where we're all thinking, though, that, you know, but that, that's the flow of the Gemara. Okay, Vayitur in the Gemara. The Gemara now says like this, Itmar, okay, I give you, I ask you to be a shliach of mine, I give you $100, and I say, hey, can you deliver it to Menashe? I owe him money. Okay, so everyone agrees, Rav and Shmuel both agree, let me just explain this outside, Rav and Shmuel both agree that while you're traveling with the money, if let's say, out of your control, an onus happens, you lose the money, I'm still responsible, right? We don't say, again, I owe Menashe $100, and I say, hey, do me a favor, can you be a shleach, can you go into his town, and we deliver it to him. Nobody says that if you lose the money, well, I already handed it to Shlech, I did my part. No, everyone agrees you are responsible until it reaches the hand of the person you're owed. That's everyone agrees. It's called Chayev Bachrayis. And it makes sense. Uh, Shmuel has an arichas to try to understand why, but it, it makes sense. The, the, the rationale is when he gave the money, he expected it to be returned to him. Now, once it's returned to him, if something happens, then he'll take responsibility. But I, he, he shouldn't be kept at fault if the, if the, if the post office loses the money. The question is, though, if I give you the money and I say, can you deliver it, can I take it back? That's a shayla. That's a machlegas rav and shmuel. Meaning, although you're, I'm still responsible for it while it's in transit, so you'd assume, well, if I'm still responsible, that means that I'm the owner, I could take it back. It's a machlegas whether you could take it back. So the Gemara says, right? Do me a favor, take $100 to someone I owe. Rav says that the sender, me, I'm responsible while it's in transit. But even though I'm responsible, if I want to take it back, I can't. The second I give it to you, it's already considered out of my domain regarding I can't renege. So you're acquiring it for Menashe, for the the creditor, you're requiring it for him to the extent that I can't renege, but it's not considered out of my domain that I'm not responsible. I'm still responsible, but I cannot renege anymore. Shmuel says no. Shmuel's, I think, a little bit easier to understand. Shmuel goes with the approach, if you're, if I'm still responsible, then I could renege. I could pull it back. Shmuel says, Shmuel says, well, if the, if the sender is still responsible for the check while it's in the mail, that means that he could always back out. So it's a machloikis. Everyone agrees I'm responsible. It's a machloikis of whether I could renege. So the Gemara says, what's the machloikis about? So, the machloikis is like this. Right, we had yesterday, we had a couple days ago, on Shabbos, that which means you can't just take something to acquire it for someone else to the detriment of someone. Right? So if I if I give you the money and I just say deliver, you, you can't automatically and just be like, I'm taking it from Menashe because that's to the detriment of me. The question is, so that's an extreme case, right? You go into my property, just grab it from, from me and say, I'm, t- I'm taking it because you owe me Menashe $100. You can't do that. It's detrimental to me. That doesn't work. I give it to you and I say, hey, deliver and acquire it from Menasha. Then, of course, I give you permission. The machlekes is, perhaps, when I say deliver it, do I mean deliver and acquire? And I'm giving you permission to acquire it to the extent that I can't renege. Or no, I'm saying deliver. I never said bizaycha. That's perhaps the machlekes. What do I mean when I say the word hoylech? Do I say hoylech? Does that mean hoylech uzchi? I'm telling you hoylech and I'm giving you permission to acquire it to the extent that I can't renege. Or no, I, I never said acquire it. I'm telling you to, to deliver it. But I could back out. That seems to be the machlekes. The Gemara says no. Loi. The answer is no. 
In general, everyone agrees that if I tell you hoylich, it does not mean zchi. So if I tell you deliver something, it does not mean you could acquire it. You cannot acquire it. Everyone agrees to that. What's the machlekes over here? So it does not acquire, right? It does not acquire. So what's the machlekes? The machlekes is if it's over here, the machlekes is like this. Everyone agrees that if I give it to Gavin to deliver, I'm still responsible. The machlekes is, do we say that because I'm still responsible, it's mine and I could renege? Or do you say, no, your responsibility and your ability to renege are, 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 are not the same. Everyone agrees, meaning, everyone agrees in general, if I tell you deliver, you could acquire it. So that would mean that when I said to Gavin, deliver it, he could acquire it for Menashe. So why does Shmuel hold that you could renege? The answer is, because I'm still responsible while it's in transit, Shmuel feels it makes sense to say that I could renege. In general, if you tell someone deliver something, that means they could acquire it on behalf of the recipient. So in general, Heilich is Kishri. So really, it should be according to the classic rules. When I give it to Gavin to deliver, he could acquire from Menashe and I should not be able to renege. So why does Shmuel say you could? Because Shmuel says, in this case, am I responsible while it's still in transit? Yes. So it makes sense that I should be able to renege. In general, the rules would be that I can't, but because you're telling me I'm responsible, it goes hand in hand. My responsibility means that I'm still attached to it. If I'm still attached to it, I could renege. But in general, Okay. Now, Tanya Kavasi the Rav. We have a brace that backs up Rav that although I'm responsible, I am, was Rav Shita, uh, I cannot renege. case. Take money to someone that I owe, or ten money leplenish in chayevlo, or give someone the money that I owe, or hoylech money leplenish pikadin sheish biyadei, or can you return this deposited item? So instead of cash, um, Menashe let me hold on to his cell phone to watch. I gave it to Gavin. I say, hey, do, do me a favor, deliver. In all these cases, I'm responsible while it's in transit. But you cannot renege. Now, here's one kasha. Okay, just one kasha. Again, think of the case. You let... Okay, I owe you $100. I give it to Gavin. I say, do me a favor, deliver. Okay, so Gavin is going to deliver it. So I'm responsible in transit, but I can't back out. Understood. But the second case is interesting. Menasha asked me to watch his watch. He gave me his watch. A chash of a watch, a family heirloom. I'm supposed to watch it. Fine. I give it to Gavin and say, do me a favor, deliver. The second I give it to him, I'm like, you know what? I actually, I want it back. I want it back. Can't. Wouldn't Menasha want me to get it back? He gave me it to watch. Meaning when it's cash and it's just a matter of paying a debt, I understand. I'm responsible. Fine. But think about the case of it because it was a little bit different. If you let me watch uh, the watch is not a good thing because the watch and watch. If you let me watch your, your cell phone, that means you trust me. You don't trust Gavin. You, you gave it to me. So then when I give it to him to deliver, and then I'm like, oh, you know what? Actually, I, I, you know what? I'm going, I'm, I'm going next week myself. For, for, can, I, can I have it back? Can I have it back? In Heuser. Can't. You acquired it for him. I, I, yes, I understand with cash why that'd be cool. But when it comes to watching a Picardon, if he trusted me and he never entrusted you, Shouldn't I be able to get it back? Wouldn't you want me to have it back? Like, that, that, that makes sense. I mean, yes, in general, when it comes to paying off a debt, you don't care about, it's cash. Cash is cash. You don't care. There's no sentimental value. You want to make sure the cash gets to you. The second I give it to him, then you were Zoyche for, for Menachus. So I can't back out. I, I understand. But when it comes to a family heirloom, a Pekodin, 
if you entrusted me and trust him, so I gave it to him, and I'm like, oh, I want it back. You should be able, I should be able to get it back, Mustama. Right? That, that makes sense. Because if you'd ask the owner, who do you want having it? He'd say, Avi, because that's who he trusted. So the Gemara says, The case is where I, the one he entrusted, was proven to be a liar. Mm. Meaning, the case is Dafka, where Menashe had already clearly realized that it was a mistake to let me, let me watch it. And that's why he said, I want it back. Meaning, in the classic case, I could get it back because the owner would want me to have it, not the shliach. But we're talking about a case where the owner realizes that the person he entrusted was a, is a liar. So he wants it back. So then in that case, no, no, no. Meaning, it's all a matter of what does the owner of the item want. In general, the owner of the item will want the person he entrusted to watch it. And if he wants it back, he should. But we're talking about a case where... Um, I was proven to be a, a, a not trustworthy person as the Baal Pikadon. So therefore, when I give it to you, I can't get it back because the owner actually doesn't want me to have it anymore. Okay, fine. Now, two cases, two stories, and then we'll do a couple of Gemara's. This is not, not, not that hard anymore. Rav Sheshis Havali Asharta Desarbala B'Mechuzah. Okay, Rav Sheshis was owed money for shirts, for clothing in Mechuza. I mean, Rosheshis had gone to Mechuza, he had done business, they owed him, they didn't pay for it. So he has a couple of people in Mechuza who owe him money. Fine. Omer le'edu Rav Yosef Barchama, so Rav Sheshis says to Rav Yosef Barchama, who's traveling to Mechuza, do me a favor, when you go to Mechuza, go to this guy's house, he has money for me, take the money. Okay. Ozel, he went. They give it to Rav Yosef Barchama to deliver to Rav Sheshis. Now, could Rav Yosef Barchama uh, could the, the person sending the money get it back? According to Rav, no. According to Shmuel, yes. But either way, who is responsible in transit? Not Rav Yosef Barchamer. Rav Yosef Barchamer is a shliach. It's the person in Mechuzah who owes him money. Again, this case is Rav Sheshis went to Mechuzah, met John, sold him a shirt. John didn't have the money. He said, okay, you'll owe me a hundred bucks. He says to Rav Yosef Barchamer, when you go to Mechuzah, go to John, get me the hundred bucks. So he does. He gets the hundred dollars. That means that while he's in transit, who's responsible? John. John is clever. John says to Rav Yosef Barchama, listen, I don't know who you are. I, I'm, I'm going to trust that you're a good shliach. I don't, I don't want to be responsible. Let's make a Kenyan that you're responsible. Right? You could transfer obligation. Right? The shliach is not responsible unless you make a Kenyan. So this guy John says, let's make a Kenyan to basically remove my responsibility. I, I don't want to be responsible anymore. I, I want you to do it. So, I'm a little fun in. He's a fun. Rav Yosef Barcham said, I'll take responsibility, not a problem. But at the end, when they were supposed to make the Kenyan, the guy didn't show up. So, Rav Yosef was not responsible. And he delivers the money. So, when he comes to Rav Sheshis, Rav Sheshis said it's the right thing to do. You shouldn't have been responsible. Why? The Pesach says that someone, the responsibility of a borrower to a lender it takes like years off your life. It's, it's stressful. You shouldn't have had to be. Meaning, there's no reason because you're the shliach, but you also have to have the responsibility of making sure. It's a good thing that you didn't. It's, it's a stress that you didn't need. Okay. And Lishanachrin, some have a different version that Rosh told him. Shaparav is Eveloi Vilishmalva. He quoted the Pasuk. Fine. Now, this next story is interesting. Again, uh, according to who's responsible in transit, the, the, the person who owes him the money. Again, in, in my case, I owe Menashe $100. I say to Gavin, hey, do me a favor, deliver it to him. While it's in transit, I'm responsible. And then if I give it to you, can I get it back? 
Rav says no, Shmuel says yes. Does the Borah have to give it to that Shliach? Because he's not sending the Shliach. Well, it, it, Rav is sending it. Meaning, not, it's not his Shliach. Yeah, but once I say to you, deliver it, Hoylech is Kishri, your Zaychet from Menashe, to the extent that I can't renege. So according to Shmuel, I could renege, according to Rav, I can't, but either way, I'm responsible. So the Gemara says the following story. It's an interesting story. Ravachabar Yoshia Havale Ispika de Kasma Benardoi. Okay, Ravachabar Yoshia had a silver vessel that in Nardoi they were watching. Go to the next page. Omerlu Lurav Destoi Barav Yanai Lurav Yoshi Bar Keeper. The names are tough. Um, Rav Achabar Yoshia had a silver becher in Nardoi, and he wants it back. Someone's watching for him, he wants it back. So he asks, Rav Darstoi bar Rav Yanai and Rav Yosi ben Kippur. Rav Darstoi and Rav Yosi, though those two names, it's easier than the last one. Rav Darstoi and Rav Yosi says, hey, do me a favor, when you, go to, when you go to Nardoi, get it back. Bring, bring it to me. So, they go to Nardoi, they go to these guys who have the silver becher. Amrleh, so they, 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 they take it back. Again, now who's responsible while it's in transit? The people from Nardoi. Rav Yossi and Rav Destoy are just shluchim. The people from Nardoi, though, they say, listen, I don't really trust you. And we're going to see. These were thugs. They're like, listen, I, I don't want to be responsible while it's on transit. Make a Kenyan. As he said before, make a Kenyan transferring the responsibility from us to you, the shluchim. Okay? Fine. Fair. Nikni minaychu. Amrulhu. Lo. They're like, no, I should, no, no, thank you. The Rabbanim are like, I'm good. We don't want to be responsible. We were asked to deliver. I don't want the responsibility of a silver becher, which they probably couldn't pay for. No. So then these, okay. <laughs> so now they said, then give us back the becher. Right? If you're not going to take responsibility, we don't want you to do it. Now, can they, can they demand it back? Shmuel says yes. Rob says no. According to Rob, you can't demand it back. You already gave it to him. You said, Heulich. They were Zeichet. Now you wanted them to do this deal for you to, to take responsibility. They refused. Now you want it back. Rob would say no. They said, Amr Lahu, give it back to us. So, Rav Dustar, Rav Yana, Amr Lahin, Rav Yosi said, fine, I'll give it back. Not like Rav. Rav Yosi, Rav Yosi says no. So Rav Yosi said, I'm not giving it back to you. Rav said, you can't demand it back. I'm not giving it back to you. Rav Dustar said, I'll give it back. Now, why is Rav Dustar really Rav Yosi's right? Rav, we pass him like Rav, you cannot give it back, so why is Rav Dostoy giving it back? So you're going to see in a very quick moment why Rav Dostoy gave it back. So, have a come They start beating up Rav Yossi to get it back, because you got Rav Yossi and Rav Dostoy holding on to it. Rav Dostoy's like, you want it back, take it back. Rav Yossi's like, I'm not giving it back. So they start punching and beating up Rav Yossi to get it back. So I'm relay. so Rav Yossi says to Rav, uh, uh, they, they said to Rav you see this Rav Yossi is not giving it back tell your, your rabbi friend to give it back so Rav Dostoy said give him a good beating meaning beat him up I don't care That's his, yeah, hit him I don't care <laughs> hit him until he gives it to you so eventually they come back to Rav so Rav Yossi is upset at Rav Dostoy, and he says to Rav Eichi, he says, I don't say, not only did you not help me when I was getting beaten, you said hit me harder. And I was right, because you're not supposed to give it back. So Amr Lei, Rav Eichi, says to Rav Dostoy, why did you give it back? I don't understand. Halachically, the Shliach should not give it back. Why did you give it back? So he says, do you know the size of these people? He says, the people that we were dealing with, 
there were many Amas tall, their hats were Amas tall, they're huge. They talked from their gut, their deep voices. They were those scary guys. They had scary names like Arda and Arta and Fili, the leader. They had people with them that if they say tie me up, they tie us up. They had people that if we, they would say kill us, we kill us. I'm not getting killed. I'm not getting killed over a silver becher. Says, and if they kill Dustoy, who's going to tell my dad? Who's going to replace me? Meaning, I'm not getting killed over a silver becher. So he said, I gave it back because I'm not an idiot. That's why. So, so Rav, Rav Acha Bayeshi hears this. These people that were scary, were they close to the government? Meaning, were they also influential? Yeah. Do they have like horses that would run in front of them in an honor? Okay, good, good, good call. Good call. Don't get yourself killed. Meaning, not only are they scary guys, these are scary guys that are close to the government, they would legitimately kill you. And uh, good call. Okay, fine. That was the end of that story. Now, two more sugyas. Fine. We had a shayla before that if you give a shliach a uh, amount of money or an item to return and you say hoylech, is it kizchidami or is it lav kizchidami? Is hoylech, is that the equivalent of telling the shliach to acquire it on his behalf or not? It was a shayla before. So the Gemara says the following case. Hoylech mana Okay, Okay. I, uh, I want to pick you guys just a bit, but people die in this case, so I don't want to do that. But hoylech mana Okay. So... A says to B, do me a favor, I owe money to C, deliver it to C. Okay? Avram says to Yitzchak, deliver the money to Yaakov. Okay? So Avram, again, Avram goes to Yitzchak, he says, give the money to Yaakov. He goes, and Yaakov's, Yaakov's dead. So here's what you, the question is, what do you do? Again, I, I wanted to give a gift. Avram says to Yitzchak, do me a favor, I want to give a gift to Yaakov, go deliver it. He goes to Yaakov, Yaakov's dead. So the question is now what happens? So it's a machlaikis. Tani chadi One opinion says, give it back to me. A second opinion, a second price says, you give it to the children of Yaakov. Yeah? So yeah, Avram, Avram, again, Avram says, I want to give $100 to, to Yaakov. He gives it to Yitzchak. Yeah, it's a gift. It's a gift. And he wants to give it to him. He says, And he goes, and Yaakov's dead. The machleik is what to do. One opinion says you bring it back to Avram. Second opinion is you give it to Yitzhak, Yaakov's kids. What's the machleik is about? So the Gemara says, The machleik is, when I say hoylech, are you kinded for him? Meaning, if, if when he gave it, again, Avram gives it to Yitzchak and he says, here, Yitzchak, take this hundred dollars, deliver it to Yaakov. He goes, Yaakov's dead. The question is, does he go back to Avram or does it automatically already acquired by Yaakov and it goes to his kids? Well, the question is, how would Yaakov get it? Well, if Hoylech is Kishi, so when I gave it to Yitzchak, he acquired it for Yaakov. So then when Yaakov died, it goes to his kids. If you hold Hoylech as Lav Kishi, he's a Shliach. He gets there, there's no Shliach, and he gives it back. He goes back to Avram. So the machlaikas of whether it belongs to Avram or Yaakov's kids would be whether Hoylech is Kizchir or not. The Gemara says no. Amar Abba Bar Three explanations in the machlaikas that is not whether Hoylech is Kizchir. I could argue everyone agrees Hoylech is Lav Kizchir. That when you ask a shliach to deliver something, it's Lav Kizchir. You're not actually acquiring it. So why would it go to Yaakov's kids? So the Gemara says like Kasha, Habibari, Habishachiv Mara. The answer is it's What's the case? 
Is Avram on his deathbed or not? If Avram is on, normally when you tell a shliach hoylech, it's not kizchi. That's why the Brisa says you give it back to Avram. Why does the Brisa say it goes to Yaakov's kids? Because it's talking about a guy in his deathbed. A person in his deathbed, right, we had this before, everything he says, it's, it's ki'ilu. A person on his deathbed that says hoylech, it's kizchi. So with a brisa that says it's automatically acquired by Yaakov, so it goes to his kids, it really holds Hoylech's lav kishchi, but it's a someone on his deathbed. By his deathbed is Hoylech's kishchi. But the other case is talking about a healthy person. A healthy person is Hoylech's lav kishchi, and therefore it goes back to Avram. That's the first explanation. Second explanation, Rezvid Amar Hav HaBishchav Mari. Or I have another explanation of the brises. Both cases, Avram's on his deathbed. Okay, so when you're on your deathbed and you say, uh, uh, you know, someone's Avram's on his deathbed, he says to Yitzchak, "Give it to Yaakov." He goes, Yaakov's dead. So if you're on your deathbed, it goes automatic. So shouldn't it go to Yaakov's kids? Why does the first price to say go back to Avram? The case is very simple. Was Yaakov alive at the time? Meaning, Avram goes. He's on his deathbed. He goes to Yitzchak and he says, "Do me a favor. January first, deliver it to Yaakov." He gets there a month later and realizes Yaakov's dead. Oh, well, when did he die? Was he alive at January 1st? So if he was alive at January 1st, it automatically goes to him. And then when he died, it goes to his kids. The case where it says it goes back to Avram is where he was dead last year. So the time of the Kenyan, he said, give it to Yaakov. Yaakov wasn't alive anymore. So there is no Yaakov to go to. So the Machlekes is just whether it's both talking about a case on his deathbed and Hoylech is Kishchi on your deathbed. And the Shaila is, was Yaakov alive at the time of the, the, time of the Shlichus? Another in the last pshat, and then we'll do one more sugi, and then we're done. The last pshat is Rav Papa Oma. Rav Papa says Hava Habibari. Really, both cases are talking about someone who's healthy. Avram is healthy, and Hoylech is lav kischi. So, what, why would it go to Yaakov? The case is Hadamis Mekabel Chayin Noisin. Hadamis Noisin Mechayim Mekabel. Okay, very simple. Someone is healthy, yeah, and he says, "Do me a favor, deliver this to Gavin." Hoylech lav kishchi. You you are not acquiring it for Gavin. I said deliver. I never said to acquire. Someone on his deathbed says deliver. It means acquire. What if someone is healthy, says deliver, and then gets hit by a bus? So he was healthy at the time, but then once he dies, don't we say it turns out retroactively what he said was his will? Meaning we have a concept that we listen. Shchiv mira means that when someone is on his deathbed, we listen to him. Well, it wasn't on his deathbed, but when he said it, he was alive. And then he got hit by a bus. So it turns out there's a concept called mitzvah l'kai and divrat Like we should listen to someone who on his deathbed. Well, he wasn't on his deathbed, but that turns out he kind of was. So that's the case. The case is, both cases, the guy was healthy. And he says, deliver it to Yaakov. And he's, and holich and, lav kishchi. So the first price says, go back to Avram when Yaakov died because he never acquired it. The second brother said, that says it goes to Yaakov and it goes to his kids was talking about he gives it, to, Avram gives it to Yitzchak, says deliver, and then Avram gets hit by a bus. And that Brisa feels that getting hit by a bus makes that statement a will, and you have to do it. And therefore, it becomes that you, it becomes acquired. So, so there's three madregas. There's healthy, and then you have this case where he's healthy, and then he gets hit by a, by a bus, where we now actually say you should, according to this b'risa, you should listen to what he says, and you should fulfill his wishes. Okay, now one last sugya, and then we'll end with this. 
This shaila of whether hoylech is kishchi, we thought is a shaila. I think it's a machlekes tanoim. We're going to basically have a brisa that has like six cases, six opinions, not six, six opinions, and where each opinion is going to be easily put together. This is the easy part. Five minutes, mamish. Detanya hoylech Someone hands a hundred dollars to a shliach and he says, Avram says to Yitzchak, do me a favor, give it to Yaakov. And he goes and Yaakov's already dead. So the first opinion is back to Avram. So far, so good. But what if Avram also died? What if Avram died? Avram goes to Yitzchak and he says, hey, do me a favor, deliver it to Yaakov. And Avram's dead. So now who gets it? It goes to Avram's kids. And some say it goes to Yaakov's kids. Meaning, Yaakov's dead, but Avram's also dead. So the Shliach goes back to Avram and he's like, oh, he's also dead. Crap. So what do you do? So one opinion says, give it to Avram's kid. The other opinion says, gives it to Yaakov's kids. Okay. Rav Yehuda Hanasi Omer Meshum Rav Yaakov Meshum Rav Meir Mitzlakaim Divramais. He says you should always listen to someone on his deathbed. Therefore, meaning someone, if someone dies, you should fulfill what he says. You should give it to Yaakov's kids. Okay. So we got one opinion that says Yaakov's kids. We got one opinion that says Avram's kids. You have Rav Yehuda Hanasi who said who just reiterates Yaakov's kids. You have the Chacham say split it. If it's a hundred bucks, just split it between Yaakov's kids and Avram's kids. Just split it 50-50, which doesn't make anybody happy. And you have the last one is the Kanam In Bavel they said, up to the discretion of the Shliach. He gets to decide. I don't know. Yeah. He'll decide. He'll decide who he likes more, who he thinks should get it. Okay. So you have you have Yaakov's kids, Avram's kids, split it, or let the Shliach decide. what's the Machalikas about? So the Gemara says just ends off this discussion by saying, I had a Maisa with me, and I send it back to Avram's kids. Okay, so you have Avram's kids, Yaakov's kids, split it, or the, the person decides. Now the Gemara says, my what's the Machalok is about? The first opinion holds, and therefore when Yaakov's dead, you bring it back to Avram. What happens when Avram died? Rav Nosan Rav Nosen and Rav Yaakov who say that it goes back to Avram's kids, they hold that Hoylech is Lav Kishri. So when Avram gives it to Yitzchak, Yitzchak is not acquiring it for Yaakov. And they don't, and because he was healthy, he was just hit by a bus. They don't believe in this concept that, like, oh, it turns out that it was his will. That's not a will. Meaning, they believe that the only time you have to, you, that Hoylech is Kishri is when he's on his deathbed. If he told you to do it and then he got hit by a bus, it doesn't, we don't just say, so Avram gives it to Yitzchak and he says, hey, deliver it. Avram's healthy. They go, go to Yaakov, Yaakov's dead. They go back to Avram, they found that Avram was hit by a bus. They don't believe that it's like, well, if he was hit by a bus, it turns out giving it to Yaakov was really his last will. Yeah. Nope, that's not a last will. If he was on his deathbed, fine. He's not his last will. Give it to Avram's kids. Yesh Aymrim, Hoylech The other opinion that says it goes to Yaakov's kids, they hold Hoylech Kishri. And Rav Yudah Nasi Amr Shem Rav Yehud Shem Rav Shem Rameh or Hoylech Lav Kishri, Miu Hecha Demis Amr Yimitzlakayim Dememes. Rav Yudah Nasi feels that Hoylech is Lav Kishri, but he holds that when the guy was hit by a bus, that becomes his last will, so you give it to Yaakov's kids. So you either have Avram's kids because you have Hoylech Lav Kishri and it's not a last will, you have Yaakov's kids because either Hoylech Kishri or but it turns out it's the last will. The Chacham say split it. Why? 
Misafkali, they, they don't know what the halach is. Right? If you say halach is kishi, it goes to Yaakov's kids. If halach is kishi, it goes to Avram's kids. We're not sure. Split it. Bekan Amru, Shuda Adif. And the last opinion holds that let the messenger decide because he holds. You can't split it because split it makes nobody happy. So he's going to decide. But if Shimon Anasi, my if Shimon Anasi just feels that uh, he just wanted to tell you a story that happened with him. Now we're going to stop here because I'll tell you why. Th- that's, so you had like six opinions. And we theorize that this could be their response. The Gemara is going to say, no, perhaps they all feel slightly different. But that's going to take us in tomorrow's daf. So we'll stop here. And we'll reiterate the last thing tomorrow. Okay? So then, what do we... Uh, I, have, I have no idea. Yeah, that, that, that's...